In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Let us read some verses from 1 Corinthians chapter 4, starting from verse 1 to verse 5. Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and as stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. For I know of nothing against myself, yet I am not justified by this. But he who judges me is the Lord. Therefore, judge nothing before the time, until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts. Then each one's praise will come from God. Grace of God the Father be with all of us. Amen. St. Paul, in his ministry, he was attacked for many things, but mainly for two things. Number one, people cast doubt on his apostleship since he is not one of the twelve or one of the seventy who saw the Lord Jesus Christ during his ministry on earth so they say he is not an apostle and also they judged him because he was against the Judaizers and he was saying that justification is not by the works of the law but through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, St. Paul start this chapter, chapter 4 from 1st Corinthians by, by saying uh, people should consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God because he was appointed by God, he was called by God he did not start his ministry by himself, but because God actually appointed him and called him. Moreover, it is required in the steward that one be found faithful. What God actually is expecting from us in ministry to be faithful and wise. Uh, the church reminds us with this principle every night in the midnight hour in the third watch in the gospel of saint luke when we read who is the wise and faithful steward who is the wise and faithful steward so with the stewardship we know that we are not owners and also we will accountable to god we are not owners and we are accountable to God, accountability. So what is God is requiring from us when he will hold us accountable? Faithfulness and wisdom. In this chapter, St. Paul focused on faithfulness. So he said it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. But who actually will make the decision whether I am a faithful servant or not? Is it the people that I am serving? St. Paul said, but with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. So he said, it's very small thing if you judge me. It's very small thing if you say I'm not an apostle. It's very small thing that you attack me because I am against the Judaizers. Uh, this doesn't mean that we should ignore the feedback from people. But if after the Holy Spirit examines my heart, I found that the feedback 
that I am getting from the people is not right or I am falsely accused, then I should not worry about this. That's what St. Paul is saying. It is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. So should I rely on myself, examining myself and judging myself? St. Paul said neither this. In the same verse, verse 4, he said, uh, verse 3, In fact, I do not even judge myself. I do not even judge myself. Why? He's explaining why in verse 4. For I know of nothing against myself. He said, if I'm examining myself, I find there is nothing wrong. I am perfect in my service. And many servants or many of us clergy, when we examine ourselves, we find nothing wrong in our ministry. But St. Paul continues and said, yet I am not justified by this. The fact that when I judge myself, I find myself perfect. Or the fact that if I'm judged by others, they found me guilty. Both, they are not important. But what's important? But he, God, who judges me, is the Lord, but he who judges me is the Lord. So when we speak about accountability in service, the question is not how I look in the eyes of others or how I look in my own eyes or what others opinion about me, what is the other opinions about me or what is my opinion about myself or how others judge me, or how I judge myself. In this example, St. Paul said, others say that I'm not an apostle. And me, myself, I see myself as perfect. There is nothing wrong. But both judgment, both judgment are useless. What's important, how I look in the eyes of God how I look in the eyes of God, but he who judges me is the Lord. Therefore, judge nothing before the time, until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts, then each one's praise will come from God. Many times we jump to judge others. Many times we say, this servant is not serving well. Sometimes we justify ourselves or we overburden ourselves with false guilt. It's very important to see ourselves from God's eyes. So if I want to examine myself in, um, in faithfulness, as I told you, God uh, requires from us faithfulness and wisdom. When God will hold us accountable, uh, he will ask about our uh, faithfulness and our wisdom. So let's speak about faithfulness. What God or how God will judge me and hold me accountable in the area of faithfulness. Let's read Titus chapter 2 and verse 10. Titus chapter 2 and verse 10. St. Paul says, he was speaking about uh, the characters of the servants. Uh, he said, if we read from verse 9, exhort bond servants to be obedient to their own masters, to be well-pleasing in all things, not answering back, not pilfering, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things, in all things. So here St. Paul is saying, this faithfulness 
should be in all things. I should not be selective in my faithfulness. Meaning, some maybe they like visitation, so they are faithful in visitation. But in preparing Sunday school lessons, they don't actually spend enough time in reading and preparing the lesson. So they are faithful in visitations, but they are not faithful in the area of preparing the lessons. Or maybe I am faithful in uh, preparing the lessons, but I am not faithful in the content of the lessons, meaning I go to wrong teaching and uh, I give my personal opinion, not the opinion of the Holy Scripture, not the what we learn it through the Holy Tradition, but I give my personal opinion. And unfortunately, uh, it's very famous right now that people teach their own gospel, not the gospel of God. What they believe it's right, what they are convinced it's right, not what the early church father uh, taught us. So faithfulness here, he said, in all things, showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. And what did he mean by adorn the doctrine of God? Uh, the doctrine of God in itself is beautiful. And we cannot adorn the, the, the doctrine of God. When St. Paul said that they may adorn the doctrine of God, he meant that when we are faithful, we will actually reveal the beauty of the doctrine of God to everyone. For example, Bishop Abraham of El Fayyum, when he was faithful in the virtue of uh, donation, giving. This is the doctrine of God, blessed uh, to give more than receive. So by the faithfulness of Bishop Abraham of El Fayyum, he actually revealed to us the beauty of this doctrine that teaches us it is blessed to give more than to receive. Uh, Pope Kirillus VI, uh, by living the life of prayer, he revealed to us the beauty of this doctrine, pray without ceasing. So by their faithfulness in the life of, by, of prayer, on the life of giving, they showed us uh, the, the beauty of the doctrine of God. That's what St. Paul uh, meant here by that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our So when uh, I look at my faithfulness from God's eye, the first question I ask myself, am I faithful in all things or not? Am I faithful in all things or my faithfulness is selective. The second point, we read it in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10. The Lord said at the end of verse 10, Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. Be faithful unto death, it can be understood in two different ways. One way to be faithful all the days of my life until I die. To be faithful all the days of my life until I die. The second way, to be faithful even if the price of my faithfulness uh, 
is to die for Christ. Like for example the martyrs, how they, how they were faithful and they shed their blood for the name of Christ. So that's faithfulness unto death. So here God is expecting me not only to be faithful in all things, but also to be faithful all the days of my life until my last breath. Uh, and also to be faithful regardless of the persecutions or the challenges that I will face. And we saw the faithfulness of St. Athanasius in defending the faith. He was actually exposed to the exile five times and he suffered many tribulations and hardships and they told him the whole world is against you but he remained faithful. We saw the faithfulness of John the Baptist, how he was faithful and endured uh, cutting off of his head by Herod uh, and he preferred this rather than compromising the, the doctrine of God and he stood courageously against Herod. Be faithful unto death and I will give you the kingdom of uh, or the crown of life. And in our contemporary time we saw like the martyrs of Libya how they were faithful unto death. Uh, and here actually we need to examine ourselves from God's eye to what extent I am faithful. Am I compromising the doctrine of God just to please people? Am I compromising the holy tradition just to fit in the group or to fit in the culture? Or am I faithful in my witness toward God? So faithfulness in all things and faithfulness unto end. Uh, the third element, we read it in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. St. Peter said, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And as I said, there are two requirements in the stewards, faithfulness and wisdom. So St. Peter is telling us, we received gifts from God and we need to be faithful in these gifts. And I am sure you know the parable of the talents, how the person who received five talents, five gifts, he traded with these talents and was able actually to win five more talents. And the other person who received the two, he was faithful and was able to win two other talents. But the one who received one talent, he took it and buried, buried it. That's why the Lord, when he hold him, held him accountable, he told him, wicked and lazy servants. We received the talents. We received the gifts from God. Each one, each one of us has received a gift. As each one has received a gift. And we as Sunday school servants, definitely we received gifts from God. Are we using these gifts for our glory or we are using the gift to serve one another? We usually say the gifts are not like jewelry, but the gifts are like tools. Because we use the jewelry to adorn ourselves, but we use the tools to serve one another. So, 
if I'm using the gifts, the talents that God gave me for my own glory, then actually I'm looking at the gifts as jewelry, which is wrong. But the gifts are tools. I use them to serve my brethren as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. Minister it, serve one another by these gifts. So we need to examine ourselves from God's eye. What are the gifts that I received from God, whether it is one or two or five? What are the gifts? How I am using these gifts? Am I taking advantage of this gift? Am I using these gifts for my own glory or for the glory of God? Am I serving others with my gift or not? Am I hiding and burying my gift and not using them? All these questions actually will help me to understand whether I am using my gifts for the glory of God or not? Am I serving one another with these gifts or not? In, uh, in Luke chapter uh, 16, uh, the Lord also gave us the parable of the uh, unjust steward. Unjust steward. And how? Because the lack of his faithfulness, the Lord told him, give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward. You can no longer be steward. When we are not faithful in the gifts that God gave us, God will ask us to give an account for our stewardship, God forbid, for we can no longer be steward. Those who are unfaithful, they will hear these words from God, for you can no longer be a steward. So, God wants us to be faithful in all things. God wants us to be faithful unto death. God wants us to be faithful in the gifts of the talents that he gave us, to use it for his own glory, and to serve one another with these gifts. Uh, Number four, God wants us to be faithful in uh, what is least. As we read in Luke chapter 16 and verse 10, he told us, He who is faithful on what's least, also in much, uh, uh, is faithful also in much. So if we are faithful in the little things, God actually will entrust us by over uh, many things. And he who is unjust in what's least is unjust also in much. Many times uh, there are things that we consider not important and who are not faithful in these little things. But from God's eye, God wants us to be faithful in these little things. And when we are faithful in these little things, God will entrust us over many things. Let me give you an example. For example, fasting Wednesdays and Fridays. I know some of us consider it is not important as long as I fast the great fast, I fast the advent, these major fasts, then it's not important to, to keep the fast of Friday and Wednesday. So in our eye, it is not important, but God actually will uh, question our faithfulness here. Are we faithful in what's least or not? Uh, if you are actually 
giving a class. Uh, I'm giving another example. And this class uh, has only two or three students. Maybe it's very easy for us to cancel the class for any reason. But if this, this class is attended by 50 or 70 or 100, uh, I, I will not, I will take the class more seriously. But are we faithful on what's least or not? I remember uh, when I was in college, uh, there was actually a deacon who is teaching us hymns. And the class started with almost 12 persons. And then over the time, uh, many students excused themselves for one reason or another. And at the end, there was one student only and the, the teacher, the deacon who is teaching the hymns. And this student was me. So I was embarrassed to take his time to go to the class and take his time. So I, I told him, uh, let us cancel the class. So he told me, do you want to learn hymns or not? I told him for me, yes, I want to learn hymns, but uh, I don't think it's fair for you just to come every week and teach me uh, for one hour, uh, just one person. He told me, if you want to learn, I will continue actually to with this class. And he continued in the, in the class, teaching me as one student. And he was very, very faithful um, until actually he, after this, he uh, became a monk. So until the day he went to the monastery, he did not actually uh, skip one class. And this period was over three years. That's a, a type of faithfulness in what's least, uh, in what's little. Uh, he was committed to teach this class for one student for more than three years. And he did not consider canceling this class at all. So God wants us to be faithful on what is least, what's little in our eyes. Also, in the same chapter, uh, chapter uh, 16 from the Gospel of St. Luke, in verse 12, the Lord give us another dimension in faithfulness. And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? Uh, as we said, as the stewards, we are not owners. We are just the stewards. So this service or this vineyard or this uh, field in which we are serving is not ours. And God is expecting for us, from us to be faithful in what belongs to another man. And here, these children belong to God. And we are entrusted to serve them. Are we faithful in serving them? If we have our own biological children, do we care about our Sunday school children in the same way we care about our own biological children? Do we feel the same zeal toward them as we feel the same zeal toward our biological children? If we are not faithful in what's another man's, how God will trust us with 
our own. You may say, but I'm faithful with my own children, uh, with my biological children. But here actually there is the instinct of the fatherhood and motherhood that God placed in us. When he said your own, he was speaking about the heavenly inheritance. When we are going to inherit the kingdom of God in eternal life. So, who will give you what is your own? He's not speaking about here on earth, because everything here on earth is not ours, even our uh, children. The psalmist said, children are inheritance from the Lord. So they are the children of God and who are entrusted to uh, parent them, to be their parents. But God's speaking about the kingdom of heaven. So if we are not faithful here on earth and the things that are not ours, who, how God will entrust us with the true riches of the eternal life? And in eternal life, actually, by the way, we have responsibilities. Some people don't understand this principle that in eternal life, there are responsibilities. Uh, as the Lord in the parable of the talents, he said, you were faithful in the five talents. I will appoint you over five cities or I appoint you over two cities. So there are actually, there is responsibility will be assigned to us in the kingdom of God in the eternal life. Another principle in the same chapter, chapter 16 from the Gospel of St. Luke, verse 11, he said, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? What is the unrighteous mammon? Uh, we know after the fall of Adam and Eve and the land was cursed, so corruption entered into the world and everything here became corrupted. St. Paul spoke about how the whole creation groans from corruption. You can read it in Romans chapter 8. So anything here on earth is considered unrighteous. If we compare it with the eternal life, where there is no corruption, that's why in the litany uh, for the oblation we say, give them the incorruptible instead of the corruptible. The incorruptible is what's in the eternal life. The corruptible is what's here on earth. So he is saying here, if you have not been, been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? So are we faithful here in like in Sunday school budget, in the money that we handle uh, in, in, in Sunday school? Are we uh, faithful in um, the belongings of the church, like books, uh, so our Sunday school rooms, uh, whatever devices we are using, pro uh, projector, uh, TV screen, or whatever. Sometimes when we deal with these things, uh, we are not very careful, like if these things are mine, in my home, in my house. Uh, we are not careful to keep our classes clean. We are not careful, for example, to uh, little things, but like turn off the light in order to save electricity. Uh, you may say, but these are little things. But this actually will show God whether you are faithful or not, least or not whether you are faithful in the unrighteous mammon or not, whether you are faithful in what an, is another man's or not. And that's what God is requiring from us in faithfulness. 
This is accountability in the eyes of God. That's why he said these three things after each other in verse 10, 11, and 12. And these are three different things. He who is faithful in what's least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what's least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what another man's, who will give you what is your own? So, God wants us to be faithful in all things, faithful unto death, faithful in the gifts and the talents that we received from him, faithful in what's least, faithful in the unrighteous mammon, and faithful on what is uh, another man's. Uh, number seven, God wants us to be faithful in our worship. In 1 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 24, we read, Only fear God and serve Him in truth with all your heart. For consider what great things He has done for you. The Arabic translation, إِنَّمُوا إِتَّقُوا اللَّهُ وَاعْبِدُوهُ بِالْأَمَانَةِ مِنْ كُلِّ قُلُوبِكُمْ اعْبِدُوهُ بِالْأَمَانَةِ مِنْ كُلِّ قُلُوبِكُمْ in English, it's here, serve him in truth with all your heart. Literally, worship him faithfully with all your heart. So, God is expecting us to be faithful in our worship. And are you faithful in your spiritual canon or your spiritual rule? I mean, your prayers in your inner room, your reading in the scripture and studying the scripture and living by the scripture, in your fasting, in your tithe, in your uh, spiritual reading, in your prostrations, etc. Are you faithful in the communal worship? Are you committed to uh, the Sunday liturgy? Are you attending it? Unfortunately, now many servants, they don't attend Sunday liturgy and uh, they come just for Sunday school class. Uh, and the day of the Lord is a day of worship. And we need actually to be in the church, not only uh, to set an example before our ch children, but more importantly, to be obedient to the commandment of God to keep the day of the Lord holy and to be early in, uh, in the church and worship God faithfully. Another question to the male servants who are deacons. Are you faithful in serving as a deacon? Maybe you are a psaltus or a chanter or subdeacon uh, or, or reader. Do you go and serve as a deacon? It is a gift. It is responsibility. You will give an account in the last day. Being ordained as psaltus or gnostus or uh, epitiacon with this ordination, there is responsibility and accountability. Unfortunately, many, many of our children are ordained as deacons, psaltos, and then when they become 12 or they no longer serve, even if they become Sunday school servants, they don't serve anymore. Where is our faithfulness here? Are you faithful in the gifts that God give you? or not? Are you faithful in your worship? You were ordained reader or psaltos in order to use this gift in worship, in the communal worship. 
are you faithful in this or not? Serve him in truth or with all your heart. So God actually wants us to be faithful in, in worship. Uh, the last point, God wants us actually to be faithful in our life in general. Uh, in everything in our life. So faithfulness is not only in the church or in my service, but to be faithful in my work, if I'm a student in my studies, in every aspect in my life. We read in the third letter of St. John, it's only one chapter, verse 5. St. John said to Gaius, Beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for the strangers. Brethren are the believers. Strangers, the non-believers. So, here, he told him, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren, the believers, this means inside the church. And for strangers, outside the church, like in your work, you are dealing with non-believers. Are you faithful with them? By your faithfulness, you will shine to the world. You are the light of the world. You are salt of the earth. So, are we faithful in dealing with people from outside the church? Am I faithful, as I said, in my studies, in my work, with uh, anybody else in my life? In the Gospel of St. Matthew 24 and verse 45, The Lord said, Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his master made ruler over his household, to give them food in due season? Uh, faithfulness here, there is another element. Not only to give them food, to give them their needs, but important is to give it to them in due season, in the proper time, when they need it. Uh, so God wants us to be faithful uh, by providing or doing our responsibility in the proper time. Uh, if somebody is sick and needs a visit from you. He needs your support. Uh, and if you visited him maybe 10 days or two weeks after you heard he is sick, yes, you give them the food, the comfort that he needed, but was not in the right time, was not in the due season, was not when he needs it more. Uh, when somebody loses a loved one, usually in the first three, five days or one week, all of us, we are around the person, comforting him, consoling him, supporting, strengthening. And after the first week or 10 days, we feel that we already performed our duty. And then uh, everyone gets busy with his own life. And actually, after these 10 days, the grief will start to hit and will be very, very hard to the person to cope. So that's the due season for us to be there and to support 
But unfortunately, during this time, the people who are grieving, they don't find anybody around them. Because we felt that we did our duty uh, until the funeral and the burial. After this, everybody goes to his own life. So, are we giving the food in the proper time, in the due season, or not? In teaching, for example, before children go to school and learn about evolution, learn about homosexuality and transgenderism, etc., are we faithful <coughs> to teach them and to be proactive, not reactive? To teach them and prepare them before going to the school or we wait until they go to school and study all these things and then they come to the church and we become reactive and try to convince them otherwise a faithful servant should prepare his children before they go to school not after and in this way we give them their food in due season. So to summarize, God wants us to be faithful in all things, faithful unto death, faithful in the gifts that he gave us, faithful on what's least, faithful in the unrighteous mammon, faithful in uh, what is another man's, faithful in our worship, uh, faithful in our work and in every aspect in our life, and faithful in giving uh, the food in the due season, in the right time. That's faithfulness from God's eye. So if I want to, uh, the Holy Spirit to search my heart and to examine me, in the area of faithfulness, I need actually to look at these aspects. And uh, I can say, after I examine myself in these nine areas, then I can see whether I am walking faithfully according to God's law or not. Those who are faithful will receive many, many blessings from God. One of the beautiful verses in Psalm 101, uh, verse 6. My eyes shall be on the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. My eyes shall be on the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. Uh, so, God's eye on the faithful is watching over them, protecting them, looking for their needs, helping them, supporting them. And at the end, they will sit with, with him. You were faithful on what's least, I will appoint you. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. Faithful servants will be blessed in their life, as we read in Proverbs 28, verse 20. Uh, a faithful man will abound with blessings. A faithful man will abound with blessings. When we are faithful, God actually will give us many, many, many blessings in every area in our life. One of these uh, blessings is actually uh, long days. Uh, as we read in, uh, in the same chapter, verse 16, a ruler uh, who lacks understanding is a great oppressor, but he who hates covetousness 
So he who hates covetousness is a faithful man, will prolong his days. Another reference in Deuteronomy 25.15, Deuteronomy 25.15, Uh, you shall have a perfect and just weight, a perfect and just measure, that your days may be lengthened in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. When you are faithful, God will prolong your days. Prolonging your days, not in number, but in the days of happiness, joy, peace. Uh, Jacob uh, lived long life but when he stood before Pharaoh he told him the days of my life are little and not happy because all the days he was grieving the loss of his son Joseph so here long days means the days in which we receive the, the blessing of God and we feel happy joyful peaceful in our hearts uh, and at the end we will receive the kingdom of heaven if we are faithful as we read in Matthew 25 verse 21 uh, the Lord said to him well done good and faithful servant you are faithful over few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. May the Lord help us to be faithful in our ministry. So when he, at the last day, when he asks us to give an account of our stewardship, we will be found faithful and wise in his eyes. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.